Hello, and welcome to Roots Radio, a podcast about sharing experiences with those battling ALS. On our podcast, we will hear from those diagnosed with ALS, as well as from caregivers, doctors, and researchers. In essence, what we hope to be a broad representation of the ALS community. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Meyer. I am a licensed social worker working in an ALS clinic in Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley, having worked with the ALS community over the last five years. Joining me is my co-host and friend, Lenny Rafalco, who is a patient advocate, having been diagnosed with ALS in July of 2019. Lenny and I are very excited as today is our first episode that's right, Jesse. Today is our first episode, and it may be a little raw at first, but something that we hope to build on and improve as our library of shows increases. In fact, our original concept for the project was more of a written history, transcribing interviews and compiling a written library for our ALS clinic. But after our first interview and the rich experiences that were shared, we changed course and decided to turn the project into a podcast. The overarching goal of Roots Radio is to strengthen and comfort the ALS community through the sharing of experiences lived by its members. We use the roots of a tree to symbolize those parts of our lives that are not touched or weakened by ALS, but remain steadfast and grow. Lenny and I believe that each of us are rooted in our core beliefs and attributes from which we gain strength to face adversity. If you'd like to be a part of our project, you can contact us at rootsradioals at gmail.com. And now let's share our interview with Therese. Therese is a member of our ALS clinic. She has been managing PLS, which is primary lateral sclerosis, for over 20 years. I think it's fair to say that Jesse and I were struck by some unique perspectives that Therese shared with us. We hope you enjoy the interview and possibly find some words of inspiration as you navigate through your own personal challenges. Thank you, first and foremost, for doing this. You are our um, our first interviewee, so we really appreciate this. Um, so, just a little, just a little intro. We wanted to. Um, Thank you for taking the time to do this. We are, it's a project we're pretty, yeah, we're excited about it and we're grateful for your time. Um, so I'm gonna, so you know me, Jesse, the social worker here at clinic, um, but I wanna pass it over to Lenny so he can introduce himself. This is, um, he's my friend and my uh, partner on this project. And um, so I'm excited for him to, uh, introduce himself. So go ahead, Lenny. Yes. Thanks, Jesse. And Therese, thanks so much uh, for you joining us today. I just want to give you a a little background um, of myself. And uh, um, I also um, have ALS. I was diagnosed on July 30th, 2019. And I had the fortune of meeting you actually back in September of 2019. I went to one of the support group meetings that Wendy um, uh, moderates. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's the only one I went to. I've I've gone a little different direction in terms of, of how I'm addressing things, but I really enjoyed it. And um, I remember you came with an entourage of two or three um, um, others with you. And I was quite, I was quite impressed. It was like a, it was like a prize fighter walking into a ring uh, with, with, with their entourage. And, uh, but really do appreciate you uh, joining us here today. This has been a project that's um, I think been marinating uh, with Jessica uh, for yeah. several 
for, well, I don't know how long, but it's been quite a while. And I've just been fortunate enough to, to help her maybe bring it a little bit closer to fruition. And, uh, you know, once again, I'm very appreciative of, uh, of you giving us your time and energy um, for today. So, so once again, Pleasure. thank you very much. Okay. How, how does it manifest with you? Um, I've got, um, I guess what they call, uh, um, uh, it, it's, it's not, um, you know, I have nothing with, with my speech or with, with swallowing, it's all um, limb directed. So for me, it affects my breathing and, and, uh, uh, you know, my, my limbs, my hands, uh, fingers. And, and right now the biggest challenge I have quite honestly is, uh, is walking. I, I'm, I'm slowly transitioning from, I can only take a few steps at a time. And I think I'm slowly transitioning to, um, getting a, you know, a wheelchair and, and things like that. So that's been the, 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 the biggest challenge right now. Do it earlier rather than later. Okay. If you're worried about it, that means you're close to falling. And yeah. you don't want to do that. Yeah, no, I that's exactly right. I don't want to fall and I've 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 tried I'm I'm doing my best to plan for the future. In fact, uh uh we had a uh company over here um looking to put in a ramp in their garage and mm -hmm. uh um and, and unfortunately under my condition we've got you know, our house has two floors here. So I think we'll be looking at maybe seeing if we can get a chairlift put in. Um, but you know yourself, a lot of it is, it's, 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 it's financial, yes, and physical, but a lot of it is emotional in terms of just, you know, realizing and just ending it, trying to plow through and put aside the emotions and do what makes practical sense. So, you know, I'm dealing with all those in, in various ways, but, uh, but otherwise I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing fine. I got nothing may to complain ask, about. May I ask how old you are? Because you sound very young. Well, um, I appreciate that, but um, I won't say I'm old, but I'm not young. I'm 63. Just turned, he just turned 21, <laughs> Therese. <laughs> ah, okay, that's what I hear. young Yes. Yeah, well, I just, uh, I'll be 64 in May, so I'm about 63 and a half right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can ask me anything, Teresa. I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I don't have any, I don't have too many secrets. Good, good. All right. Now, Jesse, it's your turn. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, we'll dig in. We'll get started, okay? Um. So we titled this project, The Roots Interview, and that came from this idea that thinking of the image of a tree, right? And how our roots are something that aren't always seen, but they're something that is very much a part of who we are and um, how we, how we, how we live. And um, so I wanted to um if you're okay with it, Therese, start with a little image, a guided imagery exercise where I'll just sort of tell you a little, share with you a little story that will kind of ground us. Um, and that will, our goal is to start each interview this way. Um, so are you okay with that? If you just listen to me talk for a minute? I will tell you one thing. I'm not very much into this new age. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, 
much more. I'm much more. As I was chosen, who goes in for logic and facts? You know what I'm okay. <laughs> That's okay. I appreciate that. We don't have to do it. That's okay. Exactly. All right, let's skip it. Let's skip it. I want you. I. You know what? No worries. I like the. I love the honesty, Therese. Um, all right. Let's 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 dig in then. Okay. Let's start with the. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, we so we thought we would start with uh, just a little get to know you kind of questions. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you if you were able to look it over the questions. Are there a couple that get to know you ones that you wanted to share with us? Just so we so we know you, but so that other people can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you go ahead. Okay, so what what's your favorite? Tell us your favorite sound. Uh. Classical music, and most of all, Bach. Classical music, and Absolutely. most and most Bach. of all, Bach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has that always been your favorite sound? Absolutely, I I learned it from Germany. You see, so okay. that has been in my mind. Okay, so that's always been the the background music in your yeah 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 every okay. day every day. Uh, now, do you listen to it like on your? Do you have an Alexa or how do you listen to it? I have a radio in the classical music station. Okay, uh, and they play regularly a Bach concert. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Classical music. What is your favorite smell? Do you have a favorite smell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you will be very surprised. But in this, this smell of bombing. Which is an Indonesian food. Okay. It smells so good that I want to eat it right away. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you can you get can you get that around here? Is there somewhere you can no. get that? No. It is only in Holland they have it, and I miss it very much. You see. Yeah. Because my sister used to cook it for me and, you know, freeze it and I would have it, you know. But yeah. I was all gone, you see. So that is, that is my favorite smell. Yeah. Now, so it's, um, so she, now will you spell that for me? Because I don't think I'm spelling it right. Oh, is B as in boy, A, M as in mother, I, Bami. Bami. Yummy. Bami. Okay. Did you say that, is that an Indian food or did you say Indonesian? Indonesian, yes. Gotcha. Okay, favorite memory. What about a favorite taste? 
Do you have a favorite taste? Well, that is it. The yeah. same one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two birds, one stone there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite quote or saying? And why? Yeah. I think it comes from Aristotle. And it says that the unreflective life is not worth living. Okay. The unref unreflective? Yeah. Okay. Unreflective life is not worth living. And what does that mean to you? What does that phrase mean to you? It means that you better... Uh, reflect upon your own motivations and your decisions mostly mm -hmm. as to uh, what consequences they could have. You see, mm -hmm. so I think that is the way I live too. Okay, I love that. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Um, one more. What's the most favorite job you've ever had or role you've ever played? Absolutely. Teaching uh, drama, literature, and drama language. Absolutely. So teaching German literature. Is there a certain yeah. part of that? literature that you loved like a certain yeah, well almost all of it i mean i don't discriminate you know <laughs> all of the german literature yeah i would have loved to be a student in your class i think i, oh, I, I would have loved to have you <laughs> <laughs> now did they call you professor decker or yeah. dr yeah. decker yeah Dr. Decker. So you okay. taught at the at the college level, the university level? Yes. Yeah. At Moravian, right, Therese? Yeah, my, that was my last round. With okay. one, I was at Lehigh, and then uh, before that, I was at Harvard. Okay. Well, I take that back. I don't know if I could have been a student in your classroom because I don't know if I would have ever gotten No, no, you would have been perfect. <laughs> well, thank you. This was, I think, this was awesome. I love these little get-to-know-yous, and we appreciate that. Um, all right, I'm going to pass it over Pass it over to Lenny for to ask you a question. Great. Okay, good. Yeah, and we're going to kind of tag team a little bit here, Therese, just so that uh, we break up the sound of uh, of our voices here. So anyways, uh, the second part, if, if you will, the second segment of this getting to know you is looking at um, uh, two contrasting um, feelings or experiences. One is joy and one is adversity. Um, and, uh, you know, joy, for example, you know, what what moment in time or is there a particular moment? Um, or event or memory that you have that really brings a joyous feeling, um, you know, if you will, that, that allows you to go back to a happy place 
when you may be in a contemplative mood or maybe even you're a little little down or you've got a certain amount of musing that's going on at a particular time. And I know myself, you know, I kind of go to those happy places when I'm falling asleep at night. And um, conversely is adversity. You know, as we all throughout our life, we uh, um, encounter conditions of adversity, notwithstanding the ALS, but, you know, other conditions that, that have challenged us and that help us, you know, um, develop confidence by being able to face that adversity and, and overcoming it or, or dealing with it or managing it in some way. And, you know, we think that this is also provides some real good underpinnings um, going back to the imagery that we didn't go into, but the whole, you know, the roots of, 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 of many of us, as we, we reflect on those moments, as we deal, you know, in our current challenges. So what I'm hoping you could do would be to first share with us maybe a time in your life, notwithstanding ALS, but a time in your life where you did encounter a significant challenge or adversity. Um, and, and what about that experience and learning has stayed with you and that, that maybe um, you, you reach back to at times as you, you know, move through things as, as your life progresses here. So if you could maybe share some thoughts with us, that would be super. Mm-hmm. Well, I was majorly disappointed when I did not achieve my tenure at Lehigh University. But that led me to being hired by Moravian College, which was a wonderful experience for me. So, in fact, I loved uh, Moravian College so much, I would have stayed there until I, <laughs> they had to carry me out uh, right. stretcher that how how wonderfully I found my colleagues, my students, and everything about this place. So, uh, as I said, that was my most wonderful uh, uh, solution to a very bad situation before. Okay, I yes. was uh, I was up against two people that hated me at Lehigh University, and there was nothing I could do to uh, to change their minds. Okay? Well, that certainly, yeah, that certainly sounds like it was a challenging position. I could and I could see, you know, not achieving tenure could be really disappointing. I myself have a master's degree, and I remember. Uh, some of the professors that I work with, um, and I remember one guy in particular in atmospheric dynamics, um, which is a real fancy name for the all the math that goes into weather, um, weather forecasting. Yeah. Um, very analytical guy, but he was really disappointed when he did not get his tenure because um, he had done a lot of research and a lot of publications. So I can yeah. appreciate that from a from a third party um, uh, perspective yeah. for sure. But it also sounds like this adverse situation has worked its way into one of your most joyous situations exactly. was it, it went it hand in hand happened you see i could have been very unhappy with the people i had to work with at lehigh you see 
because they were all backbiting and terrible. So I had wonderful colleagues at Moravian, so they were very supportive and supported my scholarly work. So that was tremendous. No, that's that's great. And also, I guess, just from a convenience standpoint, it, it allowed you to stay in the area, too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, from Lehigh to, to Moravian and um, a little smaller campus. But, I mean, I've seen the yeah. campus and I know it's a, you know, it's a it's a beautiful, classic liberal yeah. arts type of yeah. setting that uh, yeah. somebody like yourself could really thrive in. Exactly. Well, that's great. So that also be... Sick and then I had to quit because my, my speech was too affected. Sure. Sure. So does that would that represent then your most you know one of your most or a most joyous memory that you have then? Or is there anything well, in particular? I mean, my most enjoyable activity is actually writing. When I'm uh, occupied with creative writing, that's when I feel the most, how would you say, uh, the most happy. And afterwards, I have such a glow of accomplishment. Right. So that is really my most uh, a happy activity every day. Do you do you write every day? Yeah, yeah. Do you write? Are and you writing books or writing stories or just I, your own personal I, musings in a journal? I write uh, uh, dramas and okay. I think them published and I will send them out to theaters to have them perform. So cool. <laughs> That's great. What are your, I'm curious, do you have a common theme in all your dramas? Yeah. The, the decisions that are made by people, what kind of uh, uh, reflection they have and what the consequences of the decisions are. So that is my major theme. Okay, so that goes back to your favorite quote, that an unreflective life is not worth living, with that relating to decisions that people make and the consequences. And I really like that because I like Mm -hmm. the way that you put motivation into that too, because I know myself – I find, especially with, with ALS, you know, I do try to stretch. I, I, I try to keep myself busy. And at times yeah. I, 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 I'm tired and I, I, I reflect back on myself and I say, Lenny, are you being motivated here by laziness? <laughs> or are you being motivated here by just being tired? And I'm always grappling with, I mean, that's just one example, but that's why I like that motivation. And and you writing dramas, I think, is great because that's got to give you such, as you said, a feeling of accomplishment. But it's also that mm-hmm. self affirmation that 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 you must get out of that. So that uh, yeah. that is oh, that yeah. is super. 
But and well, don't, feel, don't feel bad if you feel tired because by the time I had two o'clock in the afternoon or two thirty at the latest, I'm exhausted. So then I close everything down and lie down in my left chair. Okay. Right, <laughs> right. Don't, don't feel bad, okay? Yeah. Just know, your, just know your capabilities and don't feel bad about being tired. Right. Okay? Yeah, that's what I try. That's what I tell myself. And I, I live with the wonderful caregiver, and she's uh, she has no problem with me saying, you know, sweetheart, I'm going upstairs to lie down for yeah. a couple hours. And yeah. uh, in fact, she's probably more encouraging of it than I am because I, I you know, I, I try not to, but uh, but it is what it is. But that's really great. Now, any of your dramas, I'm really curious here, and I don't want to take up too much of the time on this one topic. But you said that you do have them published. Is there anything? And you don't have to tell us now, but maybe you could share it with an email or something with uh, 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 with Jesse, because I'd love to maybe read one of your uh, screenplays if they've been, you know, published or if they're out there in the, you know, for, for you know, for Not people to look before at. it's published, okay? Uh-huh. It has to be published first. Okay? Right. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that hopefully that'll, that'll come and happen, and it sounds exactly. like that's... Uh, that's really yeah. great. That uh, and it is very difficult because, of course, publishing houses are down to skeleton uh, uh, personnel. You see, right. so uh, everybody is shut down because of the virus. So right. it is very difficult to get the attention. Okay. That's right. Yeah, that's a that's another monkey wrench thrown into things is dealing yeah. with the dealing with the virus. But uh, but that's that's really super. I I really love how things you 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 got go from your quote, an unreflective life is not worth living, to basically then weaving that into what was one of your most adverse situations was not getting tenure, but you turned that you know hand in glove into a positive going to Moravian with the literature and, you know, reading a lot of literature that obviously I'm sure probably has a lot of reflective passages and, and themes running through them. And then also that is underlying what gives you joy, which is creative writing. And that yeah. creative writing is, is describing people and the decisions that they make and the certain consequences that, that uh, come from that, you know, the, you know, taking the left road versus the right, and 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 uh, you know decisions that we make every day that we don't even think about, but but then get you know but can have consequences. So that's uh that that's really good. That's really solid. Thank you for that. I think it's kind of history. like Lenny. I think you're hitting on this too. It's I don't think there's many people that can say that their favorite quote or their mantra they actually live every single day. But it sounds like that, that is what you do, you know, and that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't prevent me from making bad decisions, you see. <laughs> it, it well, we can all say that too, right? <laughs> you reflect on them, you know? Right. No, it doesn't prevent you. But I'll tell you, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know where I got this from, it, 
It may have just been picked up by somebody, but his bad experiences breed good judgment. So if you make a bad decision, hopefully you'll have the wisdom to learn from it. And that the next yeah. time you have that, your judgment will be, all right, I've got to, I've got to change. I've got to make a little different decision here. So, so you're right. It, it is the same thing except expressed in different words. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now that's, that's super. Awesome. All right. We're going to, this is such a great conversation. Um, so we're going to shift gears a little bit to, to sort of the last section um, that we, uh, we actually, Lenny and I just talked about this before you came on, Therese. We had originally titled this section Fighting ALS. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we were talking about it just minutes before you came on, one of the thoughts we had was maybe shifting it to living with ALS because just what you were talking about. It's not the word. You don't fight with ALS because you're going to lose, you see. So I think living with ALS is a much better topic. Okay. All right. That's perfect. I'm glad. Okay. We were on the right track then. Good. (laughs) Yeah. We just thought exactly like you were saying, exhausted. Lenny, you know, was beautifully sharing that um, some days you're too, too tired to fight or have that sort of. Yeah. So, all right. Living with ALS. We're switching that. Um, All right, Lenny, I'm going to send it to you for this question. Okay. Yeah. So we've got four questions here under living with ALS, um, Therese. And uh, we're going to just sort of alternate here uh, back and forth. But I've got the first one. And um, I'd like if you could describe your thoughts when you first learned of your ALS diagnosis. I think it's uh, one of those things that uh, probably I know it's very fresh in my mind. Of course, it hasn't been that long, but it's fresh in my mind what uh, uh, where I was, how it was done and what I did that day. And if you wouldn't mind, you know, maybe share with us some of your thoughts. personal moments here when you first learned of your ALS diagnosis? The first diagnosis I had, I was very lucky that I was sent to Lehigh Neurology because I had Dr. Levitz who was there as the head of the neurology responsible for ALS. And he said to me, after he had examined me, I had already slurred speech. I was falling all the time, and uh, I could no longer walk very well, and I had difficulty swallowing it, swallowing anything. So... At that point, he said to me, oh, you have a a version of ALS, and uh, it is something that I think will not bother you very much. So uh, I was elated that I was not imagining things. You see, you have you have a feeling that you are not doing enough exercises, that you are not uh, 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 making enough of an effort 
to get out and to get strong again. And so when he said, you have this illness, oh, I felt very good until I found out from Dr. Macken three months later what he told me. And then uh, he said to me, uh, you can get old with this disease, so don't worry about too much, because I have peerless, you see, primary lateral sclerosis. So, and he is right, because right now I'm already 80 years old, and I've lived already at least 20 years with this disease. So I am very lucky. I'm very lucky that I have the ALS clinic available, that I have ALS, the ALS support group, and I have also ALS support from Philadelphia. So they have been absolutely wonderful. So me, as I said, I was very happy that I had the disease and I was not imagining it. Okay, <laughs> that is a strange way of, of you know, going about it. That's interesting. Okay. That I, I find that very interesting because I can, I can kind of relate to that a little bit, because I was having symptoms that I mean little little things. I noticed my coughing was a little different, my sneezing was a little different, yeah. my gait was a little different. Playing softball, um, I didn't notice it, but my friend was telling me I noticed that you fell down a lot. And I have I have mm. uh, I have a bad leg, and I've got a I've got a hip replacement, so. I don't really run that much anymore. So it wasn't surprising that I kind of tripped, but mm -hmm. also working out, you know, hitting the heavy bag, my feet yeah. felt clumsy and all of a sudden I'd be, you know, you know, boxing and I'd, you know, I'd be like, boy, my breath, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And yeah. so there yeah. was, there was that when it was finally, and it took a while, I was a little annoyed at my doctor at the end of the day, my primary care. But when I was finally diagnosed with ALS, it did there was, I won't, relief's not the right word, but at least I knew it wasn't in my head. Yeah, that, you know, yeah that's because exactly it, the way I felt. It is not something I am, you know, not doing. You right, know? right, <laughs> exactly. You're doing, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. So I, now, uh, you know, I, I was, I was very sad, but at least in the back of my mind, I knew that I wasn't, I, I I wasn't. Uh, they gave me affirmation that I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. as crazy, and it wasn't. You were not doing out. something that was wrong. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's great. That's a real positive attitude or a positive twist on it. Um, mm. That uh, that I thought was going to be more of a little darker place that people would go to, but um, obviously your roots. Not to to go back to that imagery, but are of a very very positive um nature and, and yeah. I, I really admire that okie doke all so, right 
Jess, I'll turn it over to you now. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we're curious about what are, Therese, some of the biggest challenges of living a life with PLS and ALS? Um, what are some of the biggest things that you find present themselves as challenges that, you know, also have been able to become some of your biggest strengths? Because sometimes we feel that, you know, and we hear this often that, and you shared it beautifully. I mean, the Lehigh story to Moravian is very similar, but I'm curious about specific to ALS. You know, what are some of the things that you, that you struggle with as being the biggest challenges that um, you live with on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it is really finding ways to get around my weaknesses, you see. Mm-hmm. So, as I progress, uh, I, I have to admit that going to the clinic was the, the basis of all my, my thinking, you see. Because they want me ahead of time, particularly people from the, uh, you know, that take off your body, you know, uh, uh, what you call them, the physical therapist and the occupational therapist. And Wendy, most of all, want me to. Uh, anticipate the uh, uh, weaknesses that were going to come. And then I just learned to anticipate what I needed. And that, that meant installing lots of grips Everywhere, safety grips. I have safety grips all over the house. Mm-hmm. And then that was the first thing. And then uh, I had grabbers all over the house. I have grabbers in every room and uh, grabbers, you know, those long things. Mm-hmm. The little, the stick. Yeah, the clencher things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I have also short grabbers. That is like a, a fork, you know, a salad, a salad uh, a server. That yeah. is like a scissor for short pickups. You see, so if I drop something near my wheelchair, then I can just pick it up without, mm. without having to bend down too far and risking sliding out. And as I went along, I was very lucky because I had morning and I had also books from the ALS Association in Washington that helped me to anticipate 
curious in the in early on was it hard to to adapt to that way of thinking of yeah. having to think ahead of having to kind of always were maybe not worry but think about um w- what might change or as you said I think it was as your as weaknesses happen physically was it was it hard to adjust to that way of thinking in yeah. the beginning yeah. Yeah, it was because in the beginning, I really, well, when I started really walking very badly, and I was afraid to walk, mm-hmm. I hesitated very much to get into me. I thought if I do that, then things will uh, progress very rapidly. Mm-hmm. I'm the governor, you see. But uh, it was very hard to go from a four-foot uh, cane, which made me fall all the time because I stumbled over those feet. And then I went from from that to a, a, a walker at my we were walking, and that was okay for a while. But then I began falling with that again. And uh, of course, I had to give up teaching because I could no longer walk up the stairs to my office and to all the teaching. Uh, rooms that I had to go to, and it was very hard to do that. But then, once I had, let me go back, uh, I was at Bankman's, and I was going to go in with my walker into the store to pick up one of those electrical cars. And uh, all of a sudden, I could no longer walk 
from the parking lot to the store. I sweated bullets. Then mm. I was so afraid that I was wonderful that I had to lean up against the car and have a, a young man who got me one of those electrical cars in order to do the shopping. Mm -hmm. and, oh, it was scary. And I had the same thing happening when I was trying to use my walker here in the living room. And I was trying to walk over from my uh, lift chair to my to the case here <laughs> in order to get my 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 stereo going. You see, I was going to put some new CDs in, and I absolutely could no longer do that. Mm. That is when I decided I better do and get into a wheelchair permanently because I was so afraid, you see. And now I have resigned myself to the fact that I can no longer go outside to get into my power wheelchair without the help of Deborah. I can no longer do that independently because mm -hmm. my legs are just too weak, you see. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I feel like those moments you were talking about of sweating bullets and oh, being yeah. so fearful. I mean, it's it's like we were there with you when you were saying it. I know we weren't. And it was, you know, probably even more fearful, scary because you were alone. Um, but that that really. I think so many people are will, can relate to that feeling of um helplessness in that moment yeah. Yeah. and having to kind of shift, um, shift the thinking. Um, mm, thank you, Therese, for sharing that. Um, all right, Lenny, I'm passing it off to you, my friend, for this question. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm starting to get to know you, Therese. This is really exciting for me. I really, uh, I, I really like this. You've given me things You've and one of the not to digress really well. I am going to digress. One of the, the reasons that I think that this project that that Jesse has has developed uh, that's important is taking things that each of us and ways that we've addressed our own challenges may help somebody else. Yeah. Like, um, you I know, here, yeah, you know, the, the, your 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 tremendously positive attitude. And, and, and of, uh, because I know what it's like, for example, going back to the walking, you know, I used to tell myself every day, I'm going to walk to the mailbox and back. And then I try to stretch it out. Well, the last time I did that, I found that I was, that I, I, I couldn't make it to our house, you know, yeah. and, a, and a neighbor saw me and I got to, to know him a little bit, 
So a real positive came out of it. But um, and the first time I fell, it was like oh, I, I was I was embarrassed. Did anybody see this? Let me get up and get going. But then it's like, all right, I got to be smarter now. But but you know, hitting those physical things, those mm. physical impediments, and trying to work around them. Just not physically, but in my case, emotionally, you know, being pushed in a wheelchair. Um, got to do that. I mean, I got to I, I got to do that. And I find that very inspirational, um, you know, from you, which leads me right in to my to the last question that I'm going to share with you is, you know, what would you share with somebody um, that's been recently diagnosed with ALS? You know, what would you tell them about continuing to, to live with ALS? What wisdom can you share from your your past experiences? Well, the thing is that I don't have any wisdom here, you see, because everybody has a different way of uh, of dealing with it. I remember people just in the support group just not being able to stop crying because they were in such a state, you see, that they just received a death sentence, you see. So I just thought the only thing you can do really is to... uh, Good join a support group. That is the most important. And I think I am just in the best one. And because everybody is my knowledgeable and we have a good time, you see. But you also learn from your other patients that are doing things. I would also get in contact with the local ALS Association that can help with many things and get as much information from the ALS Association in in Washington, the big one. And uh, in other words, get as much literature as you can because that at least lets you anticipate what may be happening. But don't get overwhelmed by things in that that information can come too quickly, you see. And so take it slow, you see. And don't worry too much from day to day. But I try to ignore what I'm doing. When I ignore my, my problems as much as possible by writing and by reading. So that makes me happy. And... Uh, I don't know what everybody else would be doing, but as I said, join a support group and have a good clinic, you see, 
that is most important too. And, uh, and this is why everybody was outside, even in the Valley, you see. So, support group and uh, a good clinic and uh, also uh, get as much literature as you can get. And that is all I can say because otherwise people would not know what to do unless they calm down, you see. And, and that is what the support group does. You see, it makes it possible to calm people down so that they can actually do something for themselves, you see. So I have no wisdom at all for that, except to say these three or four things to do. Uh, I hope that that makes a difference for you. But as I said, I am so lucky that I have a slow moving disease. But so many people uh, do not have that. You see, they have maybe four years, maybe five to live. And I, I cannot even imagine that, you see how I would react if I had been given that diagnosis, you see. So, I know, and that is about as much as I can say to that topic. No, that, 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 that's very good. That's, uh, that's interesting. Once again, and when we were putting together these questions, you know, I, I wasn't sure how people were going to respond to them. And the mm -hmm. fact that you've identified three tangible, um, yeah, practical, uh, practical, tangible yeah. um, um, activities that somebody can do. Join a support group, you know, a good support group, uh, have a good clinic and, and, and uh, read literature to the extent that you can take it in small doses or you know, in, in a moderate amount, because I myself, I've stayed away really from literature, to be honest with you. I'm just starting to dive into it a little. Yeah, dive is not yeah. the right word. I'm just exposing myself. But what I, what I find interesting there is that you're very. No, no, wait. Uh, get on to the ALS Association in Washington. Have them send you either on the computer or uh, in real book form, the 10 uh, books that are uh, saying living with ALS. At least you get a chance to read one book at a time in order to anticipate what may be coming. And you will get good information, you see. So, uh, it is uh, very, you can use it at your own pace. So right. you, 
You dogs guys all love that. Right. No, and that's very good advice. And uh, I think those are those are really good points to highlight with somebody that's um, yeah. just just being, um, you know, just being diagnosed with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. well, I'm going to go ahead, turn it over to Jesse, because I want to be mindful of your time here. It's about three minutes after 12. And I know that you've got to uh, be yeah. gone shortly before 1215. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so last question. Last question. Um we're we're curious about if there is if you can think of an image or maybe it's not an image maybe it's a song or maybe it's um, something that you think symbolizes your courage your strength is there something that you go to that can um, that helps solidify for you this journey this experience is there a certain image or I guess it doesn't have to just be an image. It could be a person, a place, a thing. Is there something that symbolizes for you this experience? Me, I have to remember one thing. That I thought Dr. Mackin gave me the best card. And... Uh, he was the one who diagnosed me finally, and he gave me the greatest heart. Every time we had a, a clinic visit, and I have to say, I miss him very much. Although Dr. Romano is just as good, you see, but Dr. Mathen was my soulmate, you see. Oh. In many ways, I miss him every day. You see. Mm. So, I say good night to him every night, and uh, I have his picture here on my wall. So, uh, and uh, you remember that photo when all of you were right behind me. You yeah. remember? Yes, yep. And on my wall, yeah. Oh. And I see it every day. That was the last time I saw Dr. Mason. Because mm. afterwards, he died very quickly. Mm -hmm. But he was the image of the best that ALS could do for me. Mm. Oh, Therese, that's hitting me. <laughs> that is so beautiful. And that is so, um, I miss him too. I really miss him too. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you so much for sharing this time with us today. We are so grateful for your time and your words and your, um, everything. Um, wow. What an amazing first episode on Roots Radio. Um, I feel like we have learned so much in this uh, interview with Therese and uh, Lenny. What what would you say had, you know, you feel like you stuck with you following this interview? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, um, Jesse, that there was some, uh, it, it was, it was, it was really, 
really great for Therese to share with us. And the one thing that 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 stuck with me that I, I found myself kind of in awe a little bit was her reaction when she was first diagnosed with PLS. I, I believe she was saying that, you know, she was feeling these physical changes that were happening to her and she wasn't quite sure what they were and what they may have been a manifestation of. And that when she was first finally diagnosed with PLS, there was a real sense of relief and almost elation that she had um, because she she had that she got that affirmation that yes there was something wrong and now she was able to to develop a plan and how to address it as opposed to being uncertain as to why these little things were changing in her life and and wasn't really able or try to figure out how she could cope with it or how she could deal with it but having an actual affirmation of these feelings and a diagnosis gave her the springboard then to develop a plan and how she was going to manage it. That's what, that's what really, really stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that is such a, a beautiful, like oxymoron. And, you know, I mean, she, when I don't think we would think that somebody would feel elated, but to hear her share that it was just that, like, exactly like you said, that validation of yes, you know, something is changing and it's not just you. Um, that made her feel relieved. And yeah, I mean, it was just so powerful to hear her talk about that. Um, I think something that stuck with me was um, this shift for my, my understanding of Teresa. And I've known her a long time and I've had the privilege of knowing her. Um, and I know that she is an incredibly educated person and loves to continue to educate herself and, and reading is, is a big passion of hers and writing, which we learned, which I didn't know about her actually. Um, but what, you know, I learned in this interview with her was how much that is a cathartic experience for her. Um, reading and writing are not only things that she loves to do, but they're also tools that she calls upon to, um, you know, help her deal with some worries or anxieties. And, and I think that that was a huge nugget for me that I took away, um, was learning that it's not just kind of who she is. It's also what she has found to, that has really been, um, you know, therapeutic for her. Um, I agree there. I, I, I think that was also, uh, very powerful. And, um, you know, I think as we all face challenges, even without realizing it, we we tend to gravitate to things that help us cope with something that gives us that resilience um, and uh, that ability to 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 work through it. Yeah, always learning. <laughs> That's for sure. Right? That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lenny. Thank you, Therese. Uh, I think this was a great uh, experience, and and we look forward to uh, putting out our next. Our next podcast, hopefully in the next four to six weeks. Um, as a reminder, if you would like to be included on our show, we would love to learn from you. Um, you can reach us at rootsradioals at gmail.com. And yeah, this is Lenny and Jesse signing off. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.